Welcome to Puritans Read, reading aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 18 of The Wiles of Satan. Antidote 2. Resolution and Christian courage are as necessary as watchfulness. Watchfulness is good to prevent evil, and Christian resolution is necessary to undergo it. We need resolution, for he who will be a Christian must expect opposition. We must not think to pass out of Egypt without Pharaoh's pursuing us, or to travel through the wilderness of this world without opposition from these Amalekites. Satan will be in arms against us if he perceives even the thought of our departure. Once we have any holy resolutions, he will persecute us as he did the woman in Revelation 12. Therefore, let us be resolute. The apostle exhorts us to this in Ephesians 6, 10 through 11. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Why? That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Take up resolution in the name of Christ to hold out. In Judges 20, 22, the men of Israel encouraged themselves and set the battle again in array. Bernard says of Satan, he more willingly pursues than fights, and he is more bold when we turn our backs than when we set our faces against him. Courage and constancy will bring victory. If you resist, you overcome. He may persuade, but he cannot force. Eve complained in Genesis 3.13 that the serpent deceived her, not that he constrained her. Satan, therefore, chose the serpent for his form, not because it was the strongest beast in the field, but because it was more subtle. To encourage ourselves, consider that we have a better captain and better armor. Satan fights with fleshly weapons, but the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. Our own resolution is nothing without God. Satan knows there is nothing so mutable as man. It is as proper to him as immutability is to God. And also, we have a better reward. Antidote 3. The third antidote in resisting the wiles of Satan is to make use of the Lord Jesus Christ first as a pattern to know how to resist temptations and second as an aid and succor. First, In resisting temptations, make use of Christ as a pattern. He did combat with Satan to teach us to combat. 
The first promise God made to fallen man was that the seed of the woman would bruise the serpent's head. Genesis 3.15 And the first work Christ undertook after his solemn inauguration into his office was to fulfill this promise as we see in Matthew 4. By entering the field and coping with him and all the powers of darkness in a single duel. Now, as Abimelech said to his followers in Judges 9.48, What you have seen me do, that do you. So, Christ our captain bids us look unto him and to observe him in these four particulars. Observe the weapon Christ chose to foil him by and to resist all the temptations of Satan with. He could as easily, by his power, have rebuked and silenced him as he did the winds and waves, but he did it by the word. To a variety of temptations he used just one weapon, the word, against temptations to distrust, against temptations to presumption, and to blasphemy, Christ said, It is written, Man liveth not by bread. And again, It is written, Thou shalt not tempt. Now in this, let Christians take Christ as an example to resist Satan's suggestions by the word. Take your arrows from that quiver, your advice from that unerring oracle. Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. Psalm 119.11 The word both discovers wiles and then fortifies against them. It first discovers all the temptations of Satan. It is a crystal glass in which you may see all the turnings and windings of this old serpent. Bernard compares Christians who are diligent in the word to those doves in Song of Solomon 5.12 that sit by the waters because they can in them the better discern the motion of the hawk in the heavens. So the word discovers the snares of Satan. When Joshua and the Israelites were not careful to ask counsel of God, they were caught by the policy and craft of the Gibeonites. And when you neglect to consult with God and his word, no wonder the policy of Satan prevails against you. Jeremiah 8, 9 They have rejected the word of the Lord and what wisdom is in them. The word also fortifies against the wiles of Satan and furnishes believers with many weapons and arguments against them. If he promises great things and so would seduce you that way, look into the word and there are better things than he can promise. For Satan can promise nothing but either you have it already and the same water is sweeter from the fountain than when it passes through a sink or you have better. You walk among fewer snares. You have an overabundance of spiritual goods 
for your defect of earthly ones. Consider, the offers of Satan are not for comforts but snares, not for the use of life but the provisions of sin. If he threatens, look into the word, there are greater and sadder threatenings. What is his wildfire to fiery indignation, to snares, fire, and brimstone, a horrible tempest that the Lord threatens to rain down upon sinners? Psalm eleven six. In every way you are furnished by the word. Here, let me commend to you the excellency of this weapon our Savior made use of. It is called by the Apostle in Revelation one sixteen, the sword of his mouth, and by the Apostle Paul, the sword of the Spirit. And there is no sword like this, as David said of Goliath's. All must give place to this. Alexander's sword cut the Gordian knot. Ahud's sword that killed Eglon, king of Moab, must give place to this one that cuts asunder all the schemes and snares of Satan. The power of the word is seen in that, though it has all disadvantages to hinder its operation, yet the word of God's mouth does not return void. If applied to great persons, it makes them tremble. Where the word of a king is, there is power. Ecclesiastes 8, 4. And who may say unto him, What are you doing? Yet with it, Elijah wounds Ahab, 1 Kings 21, 19. Paul does but brandish it, and Felix trembles. Yet Felix was in his royal robes, and Paul in his chains. Micaiah, a prisoner, pronounced death to Ahab in 1 Kings twenty two twenty eight. The most secret sins, the word finds out and cuts off the first risings and stirrings of them. The world always stomached it, yet the word gets round and is affectional. effectual. Augustine said, Come to a man in a lethargy and pinch him. Come to a man in a frenzy and tie him down. Both are angry, but both are cured. But alas, how the spiritual weapon is neglected undervalued and abused. Some men do not know the word and therefore have no weapon in their houses. They do not care that the scripture speaks anything to them. They are like that cardinal whom Rivet mentions in his Orthodoxus Catholicus after he had heard Beza's oration in the Poseic Convention. He said, I would rather he had been dumb or we deaf. Alcibiades gave a schoolmaster a box to his ear because he did not have Homer's works in his school. How much more may we be angry with those who do not have the Bible in their houses? Others undervalue the scriptures, such as Politian, who rejected them as being unfit for his polished style, and yet spent all his time upon trifles. Calderonus dissuaded his scholars from reading the scriptures, yet commented on Virgil's filthy prose of Priapus. Take heed of despising the word. Take heed of bringing it to proud hearts. As some wear swords to show their gilded pummels 
and velvet scabbards, so many use the word for ostentation rather than to war off wicked suggestions with it. That was episode 18 of The Wiles of Satan by William Spurstow.